are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. I want to just share a little bit about myself before I get going. My name is TJ Green. Um, I, I've, I've never had uh, a ministry before, but just traveling with Charlie and Sammy has been just amazing, being under their covering, and I just recently launched a website. It's tjgreen.com, and, and uh, my wife and I just stepping out, oh, sorry, tjgreen.ca, Canada.ca, and so my wife and I are stepping out into this place of faith where we live like missionaries in Jamaica, and now we're living like missionaries in Canada, but God has just been opening the doors all over the place. And it's, I tell you what, guys, it's always through relationship. You know, everything that God does in the kingdom is through friendship and through relationship. And so, but my wife, um, for the last three weeks, I've been down in Jamaica and uh, suffering for the gospel. Amen. (laughs) But actually it's, it's not been an easy uh, four years for us. We have been going through quite the roller coaster ride. Many, one time, we, uh, the government said that we could not adopt this child. That was completely, you know, it's been, he, our, he has our hearts. We've been fathering him, mothering him for two years. He's ours. And the government said, no, you're not allowed to do it. Um, and so we had to get on a plane and leave Canada or leave Jamaica and fly back to Canada. And it was an Abraham moment, you guys, when we had to say, God, you love our child more than we do. And we completely trust him into your care. And a week later, they called us to come back. It was a real, it was a real miracle, you guys. And so now we're right at the point of uh, a final court date might be January 28th. We're hoping this is the last court date, January 28th. And so if you want to pray and believe with us, we'd really appreciate that, that my wife would be back home in, in Canada and we could be uh, a family together. But God's been just taking care of every time I needed to go down. Maybe I didn't have the finances. I was like, God, I need an airplane ticket. And he's always provided. Uh, and so it's been a real miracle. Some people s- have said, you know, like, why did you do this? Like, why did, what gave your hearts to adoption? And, and, you know, my wife and I, we've been trying to have children for um, the, the whole time we've been married, so about 11 years. And, uh, it, and it seems like every person we pray for has miraculous births. When the, when the doctor says no, everybody that we pray for um, gets healed. And so we've been going through quite a journey, and God really moved our hearts to adopt, you know. And, and, and that's Did you know adoption was invented by the church? It was invented by God. You know, God adopted us. It cost God everything to adopt us. He bankrupt heaven so that he could have you. Jesus gave his life so that you could be adopted. That's a high price of adoption, you guys. And so our life for the last four years, it seems like a parable of the gospel, where we have been giving our lives for this child. And, uh, and he, he has our hearts, and he has, um, you know, God's been just doing so much through us. But that's actually not what I want. I don't want to get into that and talk to it, because I, I feel like God has a message for you guys today, and what God has been doing in Canada. So let's just pray, and then we're going to get right into it. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you are our friend, you are our helper. But more than that, Lord, you want to possess our hearts. So God, (laughs) we just give you permission. Holy Spirit, come and possess our hearts completely. Every part of us would be possessed by you. 
would be totally given over to you, Lord, loving you. And that I pray that everything that is said today and during these conferences would be straight from the heart of the Father into our hearts, God. Would you remove barriers? Would you remove stumbling blocks? Would you remove the veil so that we could see you with unveiled eyes, God? Heart-to-heart moments with you, God. We want to be one with you, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Well, I want to talk to you today about stewarding revival, stewarding personal revival. And um, uh, yeah, I believe God is in the mood for miracles. I said this yesterday. But the question, like, when is God not in the mood for miracles? The question really is, are we? And, and, and so my experience, I just want to give you a little bit of background. My experience with the fire of God um, happened early on in my ministry. And I, I grew up a word of faith boy. Um, Rama Kenneth Hagin actually was one of my dad's Bible school teachers. He was down there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, uh, man, just supernatural stuff we saw, you guys. And I was just a young boy. And, but right from an early age, I had this hunger for the supernatural. At the same time, when you stay in a flow long enough, doesn't matter what it is, you can start to get rigid about that flow. You can start to get, you know, you can start, believe it or not, you can get religious. And uh, there was religion in me that I didn't know needed to be offended. So my prayer for you today is that God offends the religion in you today. And so it leaves, amen? (laughs) If there's a religion in you, which I'm surprised when it comes out of me. And so you might be surprised when it comes out of you, but just say, God, I surrender my theology to you. Because guess what? The more I encounter Jesus, he changes my theology. Last week, I thought, I, I thought something. Well, this week, I've been transformed. I'm a new person. Amen? Because the more I hang out with Jesus, the more I become like him. And so, um, and so there was about eight years ago, I took on a position in a little small church in, in Sylvan Lake. And, uh, and I, I was there, and I became the youth pastor. And we, um, the church was in a hard time. Um, they actually lost their lead pastor, and so I became the only pastor on staff just soon after, and just the youth pastor, and so they're looking for a pastor. But during that time, the youth uh, wanted to tune in to these revival services down in Lakeland, Florida. There was things happening that I was unfamiliar with. People rocking back and forth, get heaving in the spirit, and you know, I'd seen people fall down. I've even seen people get drunk, but this was a hu- another level, you guys. There was th- people you know, shouting, and screaming, all kinds of manifestations that I had never seen before. And I was like, you know what? I don't know how to process this. Maybe we shouldn't even be watching this because I don't even know what to, how to process with my youth after this. And so I was thinking about, okay, maybe we're not going to do this again. Maybe we're going to turn it off. But in the room, while we were there, 10, 11 of us, um, the power of God came out of the TV and started you know, ministering to people in the room. People started falling under the power of God. There was a girl there who had an ulcer. Boom, it was gone totally disintegrated. Um, there was another girl. She had, um, she had a, a lazy eye, and she screamed, ran out of the room. She could feel her eye burning. She ran down to the bathroom and looked, and her, lot, her eye was totally healed. And, and so they, they got so blasted by the Holy Spirit, they're like, TJ, can we do this again tomorrow night? And so we said, I, I didn't know what to say, so I said yes. And so we turned it on again the next night, and, but the thing is, word spread. And so there was a youth group down the street that they heard that we were watching this. They wanted to come and check it out. So we, we doubled in size. We were about 20 people the next day. 
and, uh, and, and it started getting crazy, you guys. There was all people laughing hysterically. They couldn't stop laughing. God was, and these people, were, these people had dealt with suicide and depression, and there was, that spirit was just leaving them. And, you know, it was like there wasn't even a message being preached. It was just the glory, you guys. And testimony after testimony. You know, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. It says it in Revelations. And so when we're hearing testimonies, when Todd was just sharing these testimonies and people are getting whacked on stage and all this move of God that was, I was even offended by <laughs> was happening, people, it started happening to them too. So when you hear a testimony, it's a prophecy that it can happen to you. We're declaring it into the atmosphere that God will do it again, that God will do it in cold light, that God will do it in this church. And so the, it started getting louder. There was more commotion. So the church secretary thought she would come in to see what was, what was happening. And she, while she got in the doorway, she fell under the power of God. In that meeting, there was people who had said smoking addiction, nicotine addiction just left. Um, all kinds of hearing. There was one person with a hearing aid said, I don't need to use my hearing aid anymore. All these, all these people, and we were just a gathering of about 20 people, but they said, TJ, can we do it again? You know, there's no pastor there. I was the only person on staff, so I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. Let's do it again. And so the next day, um, parents heard about the commotion, and they wanted to come and check it out. We had to move into the main sanctuary because there were so many people coming. And, and so that night, there was just a move of the fear of God that fell in the place. Every night was different, you guys. And the, everybody was on their face, but that night there were two people looking for weed that heard a sound downtown, and they came up. They thought it was a concert going on, and they knocked on the door of the church in the moment where there was dead silence. There's no sound, nothing, and there's a sound of the Spirit that drew them there, and I got to lead them to the Lord. And every day people were getting saved. You know, revival, I believe, is marked by souls. You know, there's miracles, there's things that God does, but it's, if, if you don't have a hunger for souls, I think we're missing it because Jesus came for the lost. He, he so loved the world. God so loved the world that he sent his only son to die. He loves the world. And so what was happening is, is this was spilling out into the streets. It was spilling out into Walmart and fast gas and, and, and in the schools and people's homes. And so families started coming. We had up to 150 people coming a night, some people driving from Edmonton and Calgary, different cities, driving up to an hour and a half. One of the services, there were dental miracles that started happening. One, uh, one, one guy had a cavity, and he got a gold tooth. I'd never seen anything like this, you guys. I never, this is not in the Bible. I, could, I looked in the Bible. I was like, where is a gold tooth in the Bible? I couldn't find it, but God heals all our diseases. You know, and he was doing things that I, I'd never, I didn't have a grid for. And, and my wife is there thinking, you know, this is pretty strange. And, and see these manifestations that I was judging, they started happening to me, except only worse. <laughs> I remember one night, one of, my, one of my friends there that I just got introduced, he heard about what was happening. His name is Kale Mumby and Brian Torwaltz. They, they decided they were going to show up to these services, and they said, we're going to pray for the fire of God and hot coals to be in your stomach, TJ. And I was like, okay, well, I know that scripture in the Bible, so yeah, go ahead. And so he, he laid hands on me. He prayed for, for hot coals to be touching my lip and my tongue my, my, and into my stomach. And um, I, started, I started convulsing on the floor, and my wife is like, like, this is my husband. Like, I know he's normal, you know what I mean? I used to be normal, you guys. <laughs> and then the Holy Spirit got a hold of me, and now I'm experiencing that heaven's normal. 
And it's not just weird and flaky and fruity. It actually produces love, joy, peace. It actually produces fruit, you guys. Man, an encounter with God, the fire of God, sometimes when I'm at my lowest point, that's when I need it. When I don't want to hear another revival message, that's when I need it. I need to be burning for God, even when I'm burned out. You know why people get burned out? It's because they're trying to fulfill somebody else's vision. Or, as a pastor, we're trying to get somebody else to fulfill our vision. See, we be, we, that's when we get burned out, you guys. It's like I, felt, I feel like I figured out every time you're trying to just do the work of the gospel, you forget it's a labor of love. And so the better portion, you guys, is relationship. And so where a pastor's heart is to serve, not to build some kingdom. But they have time for you to build you, the kingdom in you. And you have time to be family with them. But it's, revival is family, you guys. It's relationship. And so, and so I was heaving on the floor. And I, the strange experience happened. I felt smoke start filling my mouth. And I was going like, oh, I was blowing out smoke. I felt like Puff the Magic Chicken. <laughs> I'm just blowing out smoke out of my mouth. And it's, I couldn't see it, but I could taste it and I could feel it. And my tongue was on fire. My lips were on fire. Well, we didn't know this because it was a silent alarm. But the fire alarms went off in the church. And the firemen showed up to the church. And when we explained... Uh, what fire we were experiencing. They just sort of dismissed us and went on their way. <laughs> but people reported that they could see heat waves coming off of the church, and it looked like fire coming off of the church. And so the next day, you guys, um, the, the, the church was attached to a school. And uh, um, this, we, you know it's revival when teenagers want to show up at the church at 7 in the morning to pray every morning. There's a 15, 20 teenagers coming to the church. These are people that didn't even used to go to church that much. They were like dragged to church by their parents. Now they're like, we got to go before school so that we can pray for revival for our city. Up to 20 kids coming in the morning, and they said, we need to pray for all the teachers of the school. We need to pray for the principal. Well, the thing about the school is there was Lutherans and Baptists. It was a Christian school, but it was non-denominational. So there was all different types of people there. And well... So the principal, when we said, I came over to the principal, I said, would it be okay if we prayed for all the teachers? And he got a little scared because he knew that there might be some backlash because we were getting wild and, and the Catholic and the Baptist. They might not have known what, what is going on, might feel uncomfortable, right? But he said, at that moment, I, I knew I had a choice to fear God or fear people. And he said, he said, I'll make it available to everybody. And so he invited everybody to go over there, and they all did. And when they came in the sanctuary, all the teachers, they fell under the power of God. Now a problem arised an hour later when all the children showed up and the teachers are still under the power of God. And so we didn't know what to do. So we said, well, why don't we just start a fire tunnel? <laughs> and while they're coming in, we started praying for all the children. These kids started getting filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, seeing in the Spirit, you guys. They saw angels. For, guess what? The rest of the day was canceled. The school was canceled. They had a women's uh, devotion that was supposed to be happening in the morning. When they came, that devotion was canceled, and they just had a glory encounter, laying on the floor in the sanctuary. For the whole day, you know, eight hours, we had worship music on in the sanctuary, and people were just laid out everywhere experiencing the glory of God. Guys, this was happening. The power of God was so strong, people said when they drove over the hill, they could feel the presence of God coming into Sylvan Lake. It was all through the town. They said there was a couple people. I went out into the parking lot, and there was people laid out in the parking lot. I saw someone open the door and fall under the power of God in the parking lot. 
I, I, I got so addicted to the presence, I didn't want to leave. So people started bringing food to the church because I knew that's where I would be. I did not want to leave the presence. I'd never experienced anything like this before, you guys. Um, this totally wrecked my life. And, and, and so I'm there and I'm experiencing it. And every night is a different move of God. There's joy breaking out. There's healing breaking out. There's salvations every night. There's miracles. We started documenting the miracles, and we got pages and pages of miracles. There was one boy who came, and he had whiplash, and uh, he got totally healed from whiplash. He's a friend of ours, Zach, came, and he said there's many times in his life where he felt far from God and really doubted if God was even real, but he was remembered that encounter he had with the Lord. And he said he could never give up. Because he remembered that moment that he had where God totally healed him. And he couldn't deny that happened and God did that. Because he went to the hospital, the doctor the day before and then the doctor the day after. And the x-rays showed it, you guys. Is that, see, I love healing. I love the power of God. I love revival when it shows up because it actually makes a difference in people's lives. It's beyond hype and passion. But I, I love hype. I love passion. You know, revivalists of the old, they were okay with that. They were okay with hype and passion, but what they, they wanted was real transformation, reformation, you know? And so um, there was a, after about 30 days of meetings every single night and people showing up every night, I was starting to, you know, to wear down because I'm praying for people every night, prophesying over people every night. Uh, God opened my eyes. I was seeing in the spirit. I was experiencing a lot of things that I couldn't even process. My ears were popping sometimes in the glory because there was a different atmosphere. And, uh, and, and so um, some people said, you know what, you need to go home and get some rest, spend, spend some time with your wife. And, and so I did that for three days. And when I came back, you guys, in the parking lot, I noticed a difference. And, and I got into the building and there was just an absence. There was like, the, it, was, it had just lifted. And, you know, I, d I don't know totally the reason, whether it's familiarity. Sometimes, you know, you, get, you see people getting saved every day, and it becomes normal, and your passion, you lose your zeal. You lose your passion. It just becomes normal. Or, or maybe leadership, putting more control on it, or trying to label it, or trying to box it in like, the, like they did with the ark, you know, like cart hearts. Like, this is how the Spirit of God is going to move, and we're going to move it with an, a donkey, or we're going to move it with an oxen, and, and we're going to try to do it this way, and all of a sudden it doesn't work, and people get hurt. See, whatever happened, I, I'm not really sure, but it, it was gone. The Shekinah glory, the presence of God, that heavy, weighty presence, it was gone. It had lifted. And I remember going into my office and grieving. So I, I'm like, I'm ruined for this. I don't, I don't want another boring church service. I don't want another service absence from your presence. I was like, Moses, God, I will not go without your presence. And so, and so I was weeping and I was crying and I was in my office and I was like, God, I'm done. I, I don't want to do, do work. I don't, I don't want to do religion. I want your presence. I want your glory. I want revival. And, and, and God said something so profound to me. He said, TJ, if you want, if you want it, you can live in revival for the rest of your life, even if you're the only one. And I felt the Holy Spirit just ignite me again, and I, I, I fell under the, my, my desk, and I spent the, the eight hours of my work <laughs> laughing and being drunk in the Spirit, in the, filled with his joy. And every time we would go out, God would move again. And God would move again. If we'd just be obedient, if we kept hungry, and we just said, God, we're, we're making a space for you to move. See, revivalist DNA is to make as much room as possible for God to move. 
every service, you're thinking, how can I make more room for God to move? How can I make more room for the Holy Spirit to move? Not another program, not more announcements, not, no, no, it's how can I make more room for people to get rocked by God, to get messed up by, and, and a revivalist are always thinking like that, you guys. How can I make my house an encounter central for my neighbors? How can I make my business, a place of revival. They're thinking like this, you guys. See, everybody wants the fire of God, but who's going to build the altar? Do you know that there needs to be people like Charles G. Finney who were the link between the first great awakening and the second great awakening. There's nothing happening, but Charles G. Finney, he's moving in revival even if nobody else is. He's a one-man walking revival. See, First Great Awakening, it just didn't impact a, a city or a region or a country. It impacted the world, you guys. And Charles G. Finney is like, I'm going to keep moving in revival. I don't care if they say it stopped. I'm going. Um, Smith Wigglesworth says, I'm moving until, I don't care if God, I don't see God moving. I'm going to move until he does. Revivalists have this audacity, this boldness that attracts persecution and it attracts miracles. They risk it all. They take big risks, amen? And so the only problem with the revivals of the past is that the move of God was not sustained. And God's looking for sustainability in people, in, in people who choose to be altars and burning ones. You know, we, I love, I love the, the Toronto airport, you know, revival. I love what happened in Hamilton. You know, guys, our country is rich with revival, rich with revival. But I'm not going to stay in past wells. I'm going to keep digging. I'm going to keep building because the revivals of the past did not, did not move for us to con- just to stay at that level. There's more. There's always more of God that you can have. You can have as much of God as you want. How much do you want of him today, amen? And so, and so I don't believe revival is a miracle or an event, because, but I believe it's because someone got hungry and someone was unsatisfied with just a visitation. They wanted a habitation. They, their job was to make a resting place for his glory, a resting place for, for his presence. And it says uh, in, in Acts 2.17, it says, And in the last days it will be, God says, that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Too many times as we're, as we're praying for revival, God corrected me in this. I was like, God, send revival to Canada. God, we're crying out for revival. We're desperate for revival. And God said, do you know what? Stop praying that way. He says, because when am I not moving in revival? It hit me so hard that God is always moving in revival, but we aren't. There was a moment I had an encounter with an angel. I I got in my car. Do you know angels like to drive? (laughs) I got in my car. I opened the door. And in the passenger seat, he probably should have been in the driver's seat. But in the passenger seat was this angel. And and the the light that was emanating from this angel was so bright, you guys. I could almost hardly handle it. And I'm sitting there, and I can't move. Just the glory is just so heavy. And I, 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 this is not normal for me. I don't see angels every day. I, but this was this was powerful encounter that I had. And then God spoke in, the, in, in, my, in this car. And he said, did you know that my presence is just at this strong every single day? You're just not aware of it. See, revival is God awareness. It's when a region, the awareness of God is heightened and awake. It's called awakening. Our spirits are actually awakened, so we're all of a sudden, we're aware of God. And it happens to people who don't even know him. See, it says all flesh, not all Christians. 
It says all flesh. See, revival will be poured out on all flesh, you guys. See, it's called the finished work of the cross for a reason. What, What did he not pour out on that day? His spirit was poured out without measure. And so, did you know that on the inside of you, you have resurrection life? Come on, it says, it says in, in Romans 8, 11, that the same power that raised Christ, the same power that raised God from the dead lives on the inside of you and is begging to get out. It's looking to be released. We are a living, breathing embassy of heaven. I saw this movie one time where there are these um, Canadians and they were running from persecution. There, there was this riot that happened and people, they, were, they could have gotten stoned or something. And so they're, they're running for their lives and they run into the, the, the Canadian embassy. And all of a sudden, they're safe because they're under a different law. They're under a different country. Guys, we are safe from sickness, from death, from lack, from sin. Because guess what? We're living under a different country. And every time somebody shakes your hand, they're shaking hands with the embassy of heaven. The resurrection power of God. And the rule of sickness doesn't apply to them anymore. The rule of lack doesn't apply to them anymore. The rule of poverty, no, it's gone because you're under a new embassy. Isn't that awesome? And so um, in Romans uh, 8, 19, it says, For the anxious longing of the creation awaits eagerly for the, revelation, the revealing of the sons of God. God likes to show you off to the world. Did you know that the whole earth is groaning and waiting for the manifestations of you and me as sons of God? That's a powerful word. Do you know what? God did not give us the Holy Spirit for just us. The gift is to be given. So, um, you know, in, in Hollywood, I've seen this so much that the devil likes to show off his power and try to put p- fear in people's lives by, by showing the power of the demonic. You know, you look at the, there's these supernatural movies and there's, there's superhero movies and then there's these, uh, m- uh, there's these demonic movies. There's one, this movie called The Exorcist that literally was demonstrating the power of the devil. You know, and, and he likes to show off and show his power. He's like a roaring lion that doesn't have any teeth. You know, and he's trying to seek whom he will, who he can devour, right? And so there's, he, he's trying to scare people, and he's trying to show off his, show off his power. And, you know, but do you know what the devil's worst nightmare is? When you and I get possessed of the Holy Spirit. That's why he likes to show off those possessions because he, he, he likes to keep our eyes on, on the lesser kingdom. But it was his, he's really terrified of you becoming completely possessed by the Holy Spirit. Because when you're possessed, you will do things that you normally wouldn't have the boldness to do. That's why when we go out and evangelize, I like to be drunk before I do it. <laughs> drunk in the Spirit, you know what I mean. And so when, I'm dr- I, when you're drunk, you say things that you normally wouldn't say. Why? Because you're totally filled. It just comes out of you. You can't help it. We need to be pressed down, uh, overflowing, filled with the Holy Spirit, possessed with the Holy Spirit. I'm praying today. We're we're in an afternoon session, but I'm praying for revival for this afternoon. We're going to pray for revival. We're going to pray for the fire of God in a second. We're going to believe what what, what I experienced. I've I've experienced 30 days of an outpouring. I've I've not necessarily lived in a a real revival necessarily. I've not been a part of it. But I've heard the stories, you guys, and I want it in Canada. I've heard the stories and said, Canada, get ready. Because the church is not waiting for revival. We're moving in it. 
And so, number one, revivalists at heart, they desire the will of the Father. It's out of relationship, you guys. Matthew chapter 7, 21, this is a powerful portion of Scripture. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. See, God allows us to bring the kingdom of God out of friendship because we're sons. He allows us because we're doing the will of God. We know the will. The will of God is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven is supposed to come. That's his will. No sickness, no poverty. Revival is when heaven touches down on the earth. For Cold Lake, we're believing for that. Amen? And so, um, so did you know that before Jesus did any miracles, he's 30 years old. Some people could have been like, well, wow, like, well, he's taking his time. He's maybe, you know, like, what's, what's, where, where, how long is he going to wait? You know, but he waited until his God identified him as a son. His heavenly father identified him as a son. You remember when he got baptized, that was where we saw the Trinity all in the same place. We saw the dove, the Holy Spirit in the form of the dove, land on the shoulders of Jesus. And God, out of heaven, said, this is my son who I am well pleased. And Jesus comes out of that place and does more miracles, does more, releases more revelation, moves in revival like no one has ever moved in revival. In a few short years, you guys, and all the libraries of the earth cannot contain it. Wow. You know, he waited 30 years, but then he moved when God said move. And he, do you know how he did it? It says, I only say what I hear the Father saying, and I only do what I see the Father doing. He did it out of relationship. And then he said to his disciples and followers, he says, you guys are going to do greater works. Wow. That would blow. Could you imagine being a disciple, seeing him uh, do all the miracles that he did, raise Lazarus from the dead and think, we got to top that? You know, how, how are we going to do that? But, he said, but Jesus said, you want to do what I do? Here, pray like I pray. Abba, Father. In one word, they blew, Jesus just blew their minds. Because they had heard how Moses prayed. They see how the Pharisees prayed. They knew the religious routines, you guys. They knew that the way to do it. But then Jesus prays in a whole completely different way, in a whole completely different intimacy. He says, Abba, Father. They'd never heard that before. And I think they would have been almost scared to say that because it's like it's almost irreverent to assume that level of intimacy with the creator of all the universe but Jesus said, no, he is your father. And Jesus paid the price for you and me to be adopted sons of God. Wow. So he did everything he did out of sonship, out of friendship, out of unity with the Holy Spirit. So, um, wow. The DNA of a revivalist is to desire the will of the father at all costs. You know, another characteristic of a revivalist is they take incredible risks just to make space for God to move. I already said that, but, but I, I believe that's important. In this last season, I've been asking God for, 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 for dates and for people's names because he knows everything about people. And th- this is what I taught not to do to my interns. You know, no dates, mates, and babies, and now we're doing it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but it's like God, but when you're on a level of intimacy, you take bigger risks. 
When you're de- desiring the secrets, you, you got to get closer. Do you know Bobby Connor says it this way, that he shouts his truths, but he whispers his secrets. And he only tells his secrets to his friends, you guys. It's out of friendship. You know, everything you do, if you do a conference because it's a good idea, it's not going to produce any fruit. If you go to church because it's a good idea, it might not produce anything. You see, it's got to be out of friendship. It's got to be out of relationship. Everything we do, I believe friendship is the highest form of ministry. And so um, there's, uh, there, was a, there was revivalists in the, Israelites, um, in the Israelite army when they went into the promised land. There was ten spies. You guys remember? They went in. They saw that this truly was a land flowing with milk and honey. And the, the, this was everything that God said it was, but, but they had a different perspective. They saw giants in the land, and they said as they looked at these big oppositions and these big giants, they said that we're as grasshoppers in their sight. How did they know what the giants looked like, you know, how the giants saw them? They just assumed, and in their own sight, they began, began to look at themselves as smaller and smaller. And so, um, there, but there was two people who, desi- who said, I'm going to dream where other people fear. So your revivalists will dream where other people fear. There's this Greek war strategy uh, and how the Greeks would do it when they would come across a new land is they would, they would come up with their boats and they would get onto the land and they would light their arrows on fire and they would shoot back at their boats and they would burn their own boats and they would make any route of escape closed off to them so that they would fight with that much more desperation. It was do or die. Revivalists are do or die. There's no plan B. We're burning the bridges behind us, you guys. There's no other plan. We want revival. It's we must possess the land. Amen? Can we stand up? Wow. You know, I've heard this warning. People have said it. You know, you want to be careful with this Holy Spirit stuff. You don't want to go too far with it. <laughs> you know, my, my only fear, you guys, is that I don't go far enough. Is that when I get to heaven, that, that, that I could have done more with the Lord. That the Lord had more encounters. That the Lord had more uh, supernatural you know, encounters for me, and I could have done more. I could have built the kingdom more. I could have walked on water. See, the church sometimes fears the supernatural because we fear what we don't understand, what we don't know. We want to stay in the boat. We want to stay in safety. But Jesus is inviting us out of the boat. And he says, if you take my hand, everything is going to be okay. You're going to walk on the things that used to scare you. You're going to dance on the things that used to hold you back. And, and Peter was a revivalist because he said, I'm going to get out of the boat even if I'm the only one. Even if I'm the only one and I'm going to hold his hands and I might feel overwhelmed and I might feel like I'm sinking, but if I hold his hands, there's going to be miracles. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to, I believe we're going to pray right now. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. You know what? I want to open the altar right now. If you want to be a revivalist burning, then this is for you today. I just want to welcome anybody up. This is no fanfare. This is not about just hype and getting you to, to yell. This is about authentic re- revival. I want to burn for him. If I'm the only one in Cold Lake, I'm going to burn. Did you know it just it takes one to change the whole pack? It just takes one to change the whole pack. Amen. And so, Father God, I'm just going to begin to pray. And if you guys could help me, we're just going to, we're just going to just release mantles of fire on people. Stephen, if you could help me, and if you want. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father God, right now, we pray right now. 
we pray that Cold Lake would be set aflame for you in Jesus' name. Just begin praying in the Holy Spirit. Begin praying in the Holy Spirit. God, we just thank you for a Holy Spirit explosion on the inside right now. Lord, that there would be dunamis power being ignited. You know that you may be going through a dry season, you may be going through a season of great pressure, but God's saying the igniting fire of, of his love is going to burn away obstacles, is going to burn away uh, impurities in your life that have held you back from more of him. We're going to lay everything of ourselves on the altar today, right now. We're just going to lay our lives as a living sacrifice that we would be burning ones. Yeah, begin to lift your voices right now. Begin to pray in the Spirit. God, we want to be possessed. Holy Spirit, come and possess hearts right now in Jesus' name. God, we pray for the fire of God to come and ignite us. Come and burn in our hearts, Lord, that we would be burning ones right to the very ends. We would be burning ones right to the end of eternity, right into eternity, that you would ignite our hearts with fire. God, we pray for our families and our living rooms would be set ablaze. They would be places of revival. That our table, tables would be our platform for ministry. Our living rooms would be platform of ministry. Our houses would be portals of fire in Jesus' name. Open heavens. Open heavens over Cold Lake. Open heavens over my home right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for sanctifying fire right now in this place. God, we're just open to whatever you want. Whatever manifestations are in heaven, we want them here on earth. So God, we just pray for miracles, a release of miracles right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.